our speaker this morning is by far one of the best teachers I have ever had. Not only does he do a wonderful job teaching science, he also teaches his students valuable lessons for life. I couldn't have been happier than spending three years in his classes unless I was fortunate enough to spend four years. He cares about his students and his students care about him. Our class isn't willing to help just anyone move houses, but for him, we do just about anything. He is also the sponsor for the Student Association, and he does a great job. We enjoy awesome events all year long, due in part to his hard work. It is with great pleasure that I introduce to you Mr. Joey Steffen. Thank you for the opportunity to speak. I'll talk to you sometimes, but mostly I'll be back here. Uh, I'm honored. Um, I'll probably cry at some point. So, sorry that it is okay. <laughs> I do want to talk to you really quickly because I want to thank you. Um, not only are they great kids, you did think you uh, cared enough to send me to Christian schools, and uh, you sent them to a really good home. And uh, I know where my bread's buttered. Thank you. Uh, I do. I do get to. Uh, it's my dream job. I love it. So, uh, so thank you. I know I don't know choose teaching. budget. Half of it goes to our school. I believe, and that's just because I know where my bread's buttered. I believe that's the way it should be. And I thank you for that. So, I can't say that enough. And I just want to share a little story about my grandfather. Um, my grandpa's name, by the way, on the bulletin it says John Stephan. wonderful guy you ever meet. He would talk to anybody on the face of the earth um, without ever knowing them. 
dressed up one, one time, and Grandma put her seat back. They love to travel, so she put her seat back in their car, and she's kind of taking a little nap. And Grandpa was sitting next to her, and she didn't hear him get out of the car. Pretty soon, she hears a conversation. She just kind of closed her eyes, and she, Harold, that sounds just like you. To me, Grandpa was a guy that I went to on many trips with. When he retired, he used to be a farmer. When he retired, he started taking up uh, a business selling seed corn. And he did that for a couple of reasons. The first reason was, um, this is when Monsanto was taking over the seed corporations. Another story. But um, the college, and can you tell us about that? Yes. Um, he thought, felt it was great need to provide cheap seed corn to farmers, to small-time farmers. So he spent his many hours um, and gained very little money in order to provide seed corn for farmers. And that sounds like something really generous he did. It's not. The farmers paid because he loved the time. He would go drive an hour, two hours to a farm get there, and he had a little Dodge Ram 50, which is about the size of a Civic. That was his truck, and he had a little, we had the truck unloaded in about five minutes, and then for the next three hours, he would spend talking to the farmers. I don't know if they liked him or didn't like him, but uh, they certainly put, certainly put up with it. Which brings me to my last point. Oh, no, not my last point. We're far from that my last point before this other point. Grandpa, when we went on trips, always had um, goodies. He loved Little Debbie's. I didn't care for him so much, but he loved those things. And in his glove box, there was always something. So when he'd ask us to go on one of these trips, you think, okay, I'm going to sit a couple hours in the car which was also interesting because he loved to sing hymns. But I realized very early on in life that I understood tones, and he was a little bit tone deaf. So that's okay. I still like spending time with him, but then you got three hours of waiting and doing pretty much nothing. I ended up checking out all the farm animals and the ants and the plants. I would think that maybe that's how I got to start biology, but I love it. We always said yes because he had sweets in the glove box. And we didn't get sweets very often, so for peanuts, little Debbie's, lemon drops, and if you're really lucky, he'd take you for ice cream. Well, my grandpa died about five years ago, and uh, I flew out for his funeral. And all of the cousins are sitting on the front row. This one cousin, she's just a little bit whiny, and uh, we're all sitting there. And my oldest cousin got up and he started telling stories and doing the eulogy. And he starts telling this story about going on trips with Grandpa. And he's always got goodies in the glove box, and he's like, "Yeah, I always loved it because we got candies out of the glove box." In the middle of the service, my whiny cousin goes, "Candy." I never got candy. 
that's just a fun side note. The real reason I wanted to tell you about his funeral is this. I knew him as this guy. I never thought about anything that he did outside of our family, except selling seafood. People came out of the woodwork. People I've never seen before. They said, oh, your grandfather did this for me, did that for me. He was big in the community service. Oh, he provided clothes for our kids. Oh, we're so thankful. I'm like, who are you? And how did he get to know you? dream, I'd love to support Christian education in a financial way. However, my bread is not buttered that thick. Someday, maybe, I'll be independently wealthy. I'd love to do that and just put kids through school. But uh, perhaps God knows I shouldn't have the money. On to our talk. Secretary. We need notes for everyone. Photocopy it after we're done. Is he serious? Yes. Three points. One, you write them down in your bulletin. Hey, she's doing it. It's fantastic. Samson. Everyone's pretty familiar with the story of Samson, yes? Strong dude. Killed a bunch of Philistines with a. Come on, Amphi. Who said it? Mandible. Half a point in this problem. We're familiar with this story, but I want to go through a few things about it. First of all, I can't find anywhere in the Bible where it says that he was tall, large, or handsome. It says he was strong. Means he could have been a miracle. He never 
know if he was, he only got picked on once. He was also a Nazarite. You guys have any clue what that means? Yes. What does it mean? Samson could have been a mirror. The point is, Samson did some amazing things. He killed a thousand Philistines with a mandible. That's pretty amazing. Especially if he was a small nerd. Nazarite, back to that Nazarite thing. Never did cover it. Three vows to Nazarite. studied, well, first of all, he took the uh, my bone quiz test, which is all 206 bones of the body plus processes on them and fossa and all kinds of stuff. What did you get on that test? 90-something? 96. I asked him, how did you, you study? Oh, a couple hours. 
I told him if he's working in a gas station in five years, I will come and break all of his toys. Do not let it go to waste. Sorry I picked on you. That goes for all of you. Use those talents. They're incredible. Point number one. Point number two. Samson believed in the Big Bang. What? Anyone has your Bible open? It does not say that. But I'm going to come back to that point in just a second. You're entering a portion of your life where your parents aren't going to be down your throats as much. Some of them, maybe. You're going into the adult phase, the time where you can do whatever you want, you can say whatever you want, you can think whatever you want. And it's quite a time in your life. Um, This is the time for me some of you have already started this, and some of you may not go through it till later, but you're going to start to question, do I really believe what my parents believe, or have I just been going along with it? Is God good? Does God exist? Questions that are pretty important to think about. I'm here to tell you we're not trying to pull the wool over your eyes. We've been teaching you interesting to go through and, and look at it. God questioned God basically in two ways. By the way, when I was going through all this, my dad gave me some profound advice. You want to hear it? He says, I'm telling him all this. I'm like, you know, I'm struggling with this and this, and I'm hoping for something, some gem of knowledge. And he says, yeah, going to give me enough money to go through my early 20s again. Thanks, Dad. That was really helpful. Yeah, Ron, I think it was a little helpful because, okay, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You got through it. I can do this. But I questioned God in basically two ways. There's a third way I'm going to talk about a little later with Samson. The first way was, does he exist? And at Andrews, Teachers informed us, they gave us the data, they gave us the evidence. And they said, This is what some other people believe. And so there's all kinds of theistic evolution, and those are people who believe that God created and then left with a 
another story another time. We're not going to get into any of this. But um, I've seen this. I've seen all this evidence and all this amazing stuff that happens in science. And I did. I questioned. I said, okay, does, does this make sense? Because this aspect of evolution that some people believe kind of makes sense logically. So does that mean that God doesn't exist? I mean, this aspect tells me something else. And I'm looking at all the, all the information. But um, for me, there was no one moment where I said, I have definitely believe. It was kind of this collection of data, this everything came in. And I'm just like, it's staring right in front of me. This is bizarre. Everything's bizarre. This couldn't happen without this bizarre. I want to show you a quick video. Recognize this. This is a new, newer animation of something that happens in the cell. Anyone recognize that? What is it? It's not quite protein synthesis. You're close, though. it doing? It's copying the DNA. So you've got to have the proteins made by the DNA in order to make more DNA. Kind of comes to the chicken and egg argument. How is it possible that life started without the proteins or without the DNA? You had to have both. Michael Behe did a fabulous job explaining the mathematical possibilities of evolution. So as I'm looking at all this, I look at it, and that's what hit me. I'm just like, I can breathe. And I basically have a controlled burn of foods that I eat in a way that doesn't blow me up. And I can function and do the things that I need to do. And every single process is more of the same. It's just amazing, 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 amazing. This is me. You've got to look at it yourself. The second way that I question God, and this is, to me, the tougher way, this might go out to you a little bit more than, than the students. And that is questioning his goodness. Finish this sentence in your mind. Please don't finish it out loud. But if God is good, then why did...
scope for the reasons that sometimes God has to do nothing in order to be good. That's a pretty tough concept to accept. Because there's some pretty messed up things that have happened in all of our lives. And parents, I'm saying this might go out to you more because you have kids. I have kids. I have three of them right here. Mother's team. Basically, I think there's three reasons, and this is my own logic here. Three reasons that atheism is attractive. The three reasons people believe in atheism, which I begin to agree. The first one is, I don't think the facts add up. These are the people that look at the data and say, God could not have existed. This is what you're just losing it. You good, Sheldon? You're good, okay. The drawing of this is it puts logic over anything, which really makes it nice when you're dealing with anything that's a little emotional or hard to deal with. If I deal with it logically, it would be good. That was for those of you who didn't see. No emotions. Okay. You don't have to wrestle with that big guy question at all. So that just kind of wipes that out. The second draw to it goes back to the second reason I question is a good God would not let X happen. Okay? Atheism provides relief for that question. You don't have to say God's good, even though this happened. You say there's no God. That just happened. That's an easy way that atheism provides to think about some speculate this was Darwin's reason for questioning. I think there was some traumatic experience with one of his daughters, and he said there can't be a good God, and that started him down the path that he went. The last reason that atheism is attractive, I think, and it's the most dangerous, I also think, is if there is no God, who is the ultimate being on earth? Samson, as you all know, was tricked by who? Delilah, yes. Philistine woman. Was he tricked? Really? You would have to be pretty dense to not catch what she was doing because she spelled it out for you. Please tell me, please tell me. And the more 
it didn't work. You don't really love me. I don't think Samson would fall for that. I think the real thing that Samson was struggling with was, is there a God and am I that powerful? Is this gift mine? Think about him. That's right. Three guys, recall them? Don't touch a corpse. If you recall, Samson, there was a lion attacking him or something like that, and he grabbed it and ripped it and tore it apart died. Amazing story. Later, he comes back, and there's blood in the, in the lion. There's honey. He scoops it up, eats it, gives it to his parents, doesn't tell him. Why wouldn't he tell him? He's not supposed to touch corpse. Vow one, broken. Two, and this is a verse... 
it's interesting at the end, Samson says what? Stand at the two pillars. The Lord grant me this one last time. Give me the strength. So what does that tell me about Samson at the end? He gets it. Okay, God, this isn't me. This is you. Thank you. Now, what he did, he asked last after his life. We won't go into that. A lot of the acts of his life are pretty interesting. But it's amazing. He rises, he falls, way to the bottom. Ends up a blind, basically mule working in a mill. And God takes him back, restores him. And that's what I want to get from you. The last point I want you to understand is you're going to go out. You're going to go to college. Your parents don't have control anymore. Or some of you have been lucky now already. You can think, you can do, you can be whoever you want to be. When it's all said and done, you've gone down a path that you realize is not the one you want to be down. Decide, no, I'm disgusted. That's not for me. God's right there waiting you when you choose to come back. And more importantly, not more importantly, I mean, this is importantly, you are right there waiting as a church with families. And I got to say this to your parents right now. We're called. We've got to accept not just our young people, but each other when they come back. There's no sense holding grudges. There's no sense not forgiving each other. If God does it, you should too. And that's beautiful. If we have a church like that, then amazing. Those are my three points. And that's what I get from the life of Samson. The very last thing I'd like to do is sing this song. This is a song that's gotten me through a lot of rough tru- trouble in my life when I was questioning, when I was doubting. And the song is one by Rich Mullins. Um, and the, the song is Hold the Jesus. And there are two lines that I want you to really hear. And I want you to listen to all the words, but two lines that really get me. One of them, and forgive the English, it's, it's a musician, so... Says surrender don't come natural to me. I'd rather fight you for something I don't really want than take what you give that I need. Sometimes we're so intent on rebelling, whether it be from your parents or from God or whatever, we don't realize. We stand right there saying, Well, I've got the good stuff. What are you doing? Once again, surrender don't come natural to me. I'd rather fight you for something I don't really want than let it do my own thing than to take what you give that I need. Second line. Grace rings out so deep it makes my resistance seem so faint. That one speaks for itself. Your grace rings out so deep it makes my resistance seem so faint. So I'm going to sing this for you if I can get through it. Sometimes my life just don't make sense. 
mountains look so big And my faith just seems so small So hold me, Jesus Cause I'm shaking like a leaf You have been king of my glory Won't you be my prince of peace? And I wake up in the night and fear the dark It's so hard inside my soul where there must be blisters on my heart. So hold me, Jesus, because I'm shaking like a leaf. You have been king of my glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? Surrender don't come natural to me. I'd rather fight you for something I don't really want than take what you give that I need. And I beat my head against so many walls. Now I'm falling down. I'm falling on my knees. And the Salvation Army band is playing this song. And your grace rings out so deep makes my resistance seem so thin so hold me Jesus cause I'm shaking like a leaf you have been king of my glory won't you be my prince of peace I'm singing hold me Jesus cause I'm shaking like